Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa. For years, ParCast has worked tirelessly to bring you an unprecedented look at history's most radical true crime events. Your support has not only allowed us to keep exploring these stories, but has driven us to keep expanding as well. So as a thank you to the ParCast listeners, I am honored to announce the release of our first book, Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them. It's available on July 12th, and you can pre-order it today at parcast.com cults. The Branch Davidians, The Anthill Kids, Heaven's Gate, and more. Cults combs through the terrifying details never explored in any of Parcast's series before. This is a passion project only made possible by you. So we truly hope you'll enjoy it. Visit parcast.com slash cults to pre-order your copy of Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them. I'd hate to call it a cliche symbol, but the crystal ball is the image that you think of when you hear fortune teller or you want to predict the future. It's just like a classic image. Can confirm. That's probably one of the first things I think of when I think fortune teller. Well, crystal balls actually have a pretty deep history. So no matter what you think of them, their popularity has lasted for thousands of years. So we're going to go over why in this episode. I wonder if someone thousands of years ago looked into a crystal ball and knew how popular they'd say. (laughs) I saw this very episode. (laughs) <laughs> oh, God, they were like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad to be thousands of years before that. <laughs> the future looks bleak. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to Rituals, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Christine Schieffer. And I'm M. Schultz, and every week we'll explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impact on modern culture. We're going to talk about crystal balls today, something that I feel like we are on the periphery of knowing about, but don't really know that much about. I feel like it's kind of embarrassing after talking about this stuff for so long that we know nothing about crystal balls. And I do feel like we say that every episode. Wow, it's embarrassing how little we know about this. So maybe we should just make that a catch-all for every topic. Yeah, we're starting to sound like a broken record. But I also do appreciate that that means after all this time, there's still so many things to learn about because I feel like every time someone directs us to a topic, we're like, what's that? That's really true. And we have probably years of content. Speaking of crystals, I obviously I couldn't do this without letting us have our crystal. You brought big girl. I brought big C. I love her. There she is. Oh, look. She's so special. I know no one else can see this, but we actually have a crystal ball that travels with us on tour. Her name's Crystal, obviously. We call her Big Crystal because she is heavy as sin. And she is the reason (laughs) why our luggage is always, we always have to pay the premium on. (laughs) She's like... 10 pounds. She's like a kettlebell or kettlebell or whatever it's called. (laughs) She's hefty. Well, I don't want to say this next phrase in front of her because I feel like this might be hard for her to hear, but let's... I'm covering her ears. Let's crack into it. (gasps) This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. 
Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Hola. Hello. This call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow. Ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow. Now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier, thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. This episode is brought to you by The Weather Channel. The key to solving any mystery? Smart decisions based on the facts. In the case of the weather's effect on your well-being, turn to The Weather Channel app. It clues you in on how weather shapes your mood, health, and productivity with insights built on reliable forecast data to help you thrive. Because mystery belongs in true crime, not weather. Be a force of nature with the Weather Channel app. Do you think Crystal is a crystal or is she made of glass? I think she's probably not actually a crystal. I, she was oddly cheap. <laughs> she, oh, well, that maybe explains it. No offense, Crystal, but you are hefty. She's perfectly polished. I feel like a crystal ball. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I've never seen a crystal ball in real life and everything has been glass or fake or maybe all real. And crystal is much prettier than I'm aware of. Much less um, in my mind, a crystal ball would have some sort of like imperfections to it. But they're not meant to. I think they're meant to be. Oh, yeah. Perfectly clear. So you can really uh, see the future. Well, then. Honestly, I don't know. We'll have to do like a DNA, a 23andMe on Crystal eventually. Oh, so that's cute. Send in her DNA. That's fun. Until then, I would, I think it's safe to bet that she's probably just glass. Honestly, <laughs> so. I don't want to know because if she is Crystal, that means we've just been lugging her around in the suitcase and having them throw her on the tarmac. And uh, she's gone through a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do know enough about Crystal Balls to know that she probably would still function as a crystal ball because I think you only need reflective surfaces. That's right. Yeah. To do some scrying. She's got a lot of those. So we could scry with her, you know. Do you know anything about crystal ball gazing? Have you ever you said you've probably never even seen a real one. Have you ever had a reading? I guess not. I don't think so. I mean, the only thing I really know about crystal balls is whatever stereotypes have been fit mm-hmm. into my brain. So like, you know, a fortune teller in a an offshoot room. But I don't think I know really anything about crystal ball. I'm I don't know how it works. I don't know if there's a certain crystal ball you need. I know reflective surfaces are kind of the standard or they're like what you can practice on, but I don't know anything else. Um yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know much about it either. I agree that I always kind of looked at it as like a cliche and I may have seen one. I don't know if that palm reader Jessica from from one of our past episodes that I talked about had one, perhaps, or maybe that's just my my memory looking back. But I always kind of thought of them as kind of cliche and like maybe they wouldn't work. But that's my own bias, I think, because I didn't understand how they work. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely a skeptical part of me with crystal balls. But I also think First of all, I don't know enough about it to even have an opinion, but I I jump immediately to having some skeptical opinions because mm-hmm. I just feel like it's such an easy thing to trick people into of like, oh, let me look into the crystal ball. And since you don't know how it works, you can't 
tell if I'm actually doing anything or not. Like, I feel like it's it could be a very easy trick if someone wanted it to be. I agree. I agree. And I think um, just saying you see something, you would be able to just make that claim without any sort of yeah. basis. Yeah, I agree. I also wonder if if it does work. I'm still skeptical because if or if people think they work, if they claim that they really are seeing things in the crystal ball, part of me thinks it's just an illusion or you're looking at something long enough that your brain makes up things kind of like with bloody mary how like the troxler effect i i, I kind of wonder like either it's a really good trick and it doesn't work or people are truly convinced it works and it's still an illusion i feel like i have a lot of butts about it yeah and i think that goes into a lot of the kind of occult and spiritual practices where it's like is this my coming from my mind is mm-hmm. this a trick of the mind is this coming from a higher source is this coming from my subconscious yeah, yeah i agree i feel like that's a very easy question to fall into and it basically all comes down to scrying which i feel like we've talked about a little bit have we talked about that on the other podcast maybe my first real awareness of scrying was through charmed which i don't want to take anything they offer me at face value (laughs) my stepmom who's wiccan she's been wiccan for like 40 years she loves scrying but i've never known it as a crystal ball situation i always knew it as a pendulum situation oh because i always knew it as a mirror Hmm. interesting yeah so let me tell you a little bit about, about scrying. I'm going to just tell it up front before we get into the the whole story because it comes up a lot. So scrying is when you gaze into a reflective surface in order to get some prophetic insight. So you would stare into a scrying mirror. That's what I know of. You would stare, for example, into a crystal to see visions or messages. I don't know about the pendulum. Is that like you stare at the pendulum? I don't totally understand, but I I know she's got them all over the the house. She definitely explained it to me at some point, and just so many years have passed, I don't totally know anymore. Well, maybe she can be a guest star on the show someday. I was going to say, like, maybe I certainly don't want to be the person who explains that and then completely butchers it. We'll phone a friend. Yeah. Crystal balls have been used to look into the future for thousands of years, literally. Before the Industrial Revolution, the Pawnee, the Iroquois, the Incas, the Egyptians, the Persians, the Chinese, and the people of Yucatan were known to crystal gaze. So this is a very popular concept from all around the world. So it wasn't Mm. like one, you know, like a tarot deck that was popularized in one place and then spread. It was something that many cultures did, which is kind of kind of cool. Yeah. It's possible that crystals being used for divination dates back to the Celtic Druids, who, according to Julius Caesar and the Roman philosopher Pliny the Elder, were known to perform sacrificial magic ceremonies in the woods. Ooh. Mm. Spooky. Those early crystal gazers were called speculari, and they generally used a sea green mineral called beryl. Mm. Uh, That's B-E-R-Y-L. And I googled this to see what a crystal ball made of barrel looks like it's beautiful like it's gorgeous i haven't seen it as a crystal ball but i have seen just as like a you know a rock just its own mineral yeah it's the color is so pretty there's also red barrel which is like a hot pink it's very pretty Ooh, uh, yeah i haven't heard seen that one i looked it up one time i looked up barrel and it's supposed to cure laziness i read on one website and i was like oh sign me up oh that's why your whole shelf back there oh i'm seeing it now it's just full <laughs> Stock full. <laughs> well, Is it working? No. Maybe I got a knockoff. Just like how our crystal ball is probably <laughs> solid glass. I think barrel is like a chunk so of an old drink. like wine bottle or something. <laughs> you just found some sea glass. I just found some like random bottle. Yeah. 
<laughs> sea glass. It's exactly what it looks like, though. Yeah, it's a beautiful color. Yeah. So basically, the barrel would get polished. And I want to be clear again, this is a barrel, B-E-R-Y-L. It's not like a barrel full of bourbon. Um, <laughs> the, the barrel, <laughs> with the Y, would get polished into spheres to make the crystal more reflective. And that way you could use it for scrying. You could also get a barrel of barrels if you really wanted to. Now we're talking. Now that is fun. So in addition to, I guess, what M said, barrel being used to cure laziness, it's also believed to be much more magnetically charged than other minerals. So theoretically, this means that it could connect with the psychic energies of the moon better than other minerals. That's so cool. Isn't it neat? I just thought that was so fascinating because I know crystals get poo-pooed a lot in the mainstream. Um, and, you know, I understand the skepticism, but I personally love my crystal collection. It's interesting you call it mainstream because I feel like crystals are becoming more and more accepted in the mainstream. Oh, no, they are. But I think there's still a lot of like kind of joking, like laughing about like, it. Like granola hippie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just like, oh, that's so, L you know, I mean, I moved to Kentucky from Los Angeles and I think everyone is wondering how I'm going to fit my crystal collection into my new home, you know, that kind of thing. You're totally right. I really forget that um, compared to L.A., everywhere else is probably just like a lawless land for crystals. It's just like. Yeah, they're definitely out of place. They're having, I'm going to check in on them. They're doing okay. Uh, they're they're all right over there, but they they definitely had to adjust to their new home. Kentucky's not the most. <laughs> I totally forget. I'm very lucky that like I totally forget that the rest of the world is not Los Angeles. So <laughs> yeah, that must be nice. In LA, we freaking love crystals. We go goo goo gaga over that. So oh yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. I mean, our luggage coming from LA every time we're on tour has a literal <laughs> crystal ball in it. So I think I understand why. And people give us crystals and people, I mean, there's so many crystals. There's actually a crystal shop opening up down the road. Oh, wonderful. Well, uh, maybe there's one opening up here too. It'll be, it'll be mine. It'll be my garage sale. It'll be, the, I was going to say, it'll be the first ever Kentucky's ever seen. <laughs> You're welcome world. I'm spreading, I'm spreading the LA love. So anyway, all I was saying is that I think it's interesting, even though people, some people tend to be pretty skeptical about crystals or wonder what their properties really are. It's kind of cool that theoretically one crystal or one mineral could have could have these properties that could theoretically make it more powerful to do sort of otherworldly stuff with. So I think that's, yeah. that's kind of a cool fact. So after the Druids and everyone else had been doing some crystal ball gazing in the woods, it picked mm -hmm. up popularity in Rome. And they were like, have you heard the stuff? Everyone's doing it. Get in on it. Get in on the ground floor. On the ground floor. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think crystal balls maybe started as like an MLM of like, hey, girly, like, uh, do you have you heard about what we're doing out in the woods? It's crazy. If you wanted to start your own. But it's the Druids. The Druids are like, hey, girly. <laughs> Come out to the woods with me one time. I feel like it went, it went viral for those early Roman days. Like, oh, I so-and-so had a crystal ball at school. I want my own. I feel like we keep finding ways to equate this to like today's influencer world. And yep, yep. honestly, it's making things a lot more palatable. Like I'm <laughs> totally understanding the history of this a lot better by being like, whoa. So like the Druids were like the kooky crystal ball kids and like... <laughs> Rome was like, I got to get in on that. I know people are kind of laughing about it, but maybe they're onto something. Rome was like Burbank, California and was like, <laughs> oh boy, we could pick up on this. Uh -huh. <laughs> I see potential here. Well, this probably didn't help or hurt. I don't know. I can't, I can't decide what effect this had, but I will add that the Catholic Church was like, oh no, we do not. We do not like this. The mm. Bible 
forbids it. Yeah, well, it makes sense that they would come suck the fun out of the room, but okay. Wouldn't they? Why do they do that? Anyway, the book of Deuteronomy, to be exact, mentions not to listen to fortune tellers. So, of course, the Catholics are all up in arms about this. And I can't decide if that helped or hurt the crystal ball cause, because I have a feeling some people would be like, Mm. ooh, now it's more fun. And some people would be like, oh, never mind. That's you and you and me 100 percent would have said, oh, the Bible isn't into it. I'm invested. (laughs) Hey, girly, let's go to the woods. The church says I can't do it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I totally know what you mean. We're like, it probably really like empowered one half of the some the people, group of people. Yeah. And then the other half was like, oh, now I'm really going to steer from it. So I don't know, pr- probably balanced out, broke even. Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling, of course, the Catholic Church had to have their say either way. But the crystal ball was also thought to be used during the medieval period by Anglo-Saxons as both, get this, a source of magic on one hand mm-hmm. and... A flashy fashion accessory. I mean, to this day, I think of them as flashy fashion accessories. Um, really? Yeah. Like, I. How? Not like that I think like the Jenners and the Kardashians have magic crystal balls or crystal balls at all in their home, but it's something that I notice in every household I go to. If they have a crystal ball, to uh. me, it's like. I mean, I don't, I, maybe you're talking more about like apparel or something, but in terms of. I'm talking of, about like jewelry. Oh, because I'm thinking like in home decor. Oh, decor. If someone ever has a crystal ball in their home, it's one of the first things I comment on. To me, they're still very shishi. Yeah, they, I'm assuming that was part of it too. But during the medieval period, as far as fashion goes, people wore crystal spheres that were fastened to wire as symbols of power, class status, and possibly as magic charms to ward off evil. So sort of badass. Yeah, it is pretty badass. Like I know, I don't usually think of medieval fashion as being pretty modern, but I feel like it's a very, it's a very like I could see that being a jewelry line today. That would oh yeah, are you kidding? You know, hey, let's do it. Tm tm tm. Yeah, nobody can take that because we've said tm a bunch of times. That's how that works. (laughs) That's how it works. That's how it works. I'm totally into that. I mean, it makes sense. I feel like there's a lot of jewelry places where like you pick your own gemstone or you pick a absolutely. So I mean, it's I don't think it's totally died out. I think it's still super popular. Yeah, no, that uh, that's a good point. I think it, it it would hit the right market nowadays, I would think. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you could do dual purpose, be stuck in the doctor's waiting room, you'd do a little scrying. <gasps> I love that. Oh, well, also, well, I'm curious to see, I assume at some point you're going to explain how crystal mm-hmm. balls work, because mm-hmm. I wonder if, like, are you able to scry on, like, your ring? Because, like, that would be so convenient to just always have a crystal ball with you. I imagine so, as long as you can, you know, see it properly. I feel like every time we talk about something like this, like with tarot or love Mm -hmm. potions, I feel like I find out that this practice is so much more convenient or so much more accessible than I'm aware of. And I feel like with crystal balls, I always thought, oh, I have to get a big C. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) have to get a big C. I have to go find somebody who knows how to do this. I didn't know, like... If you have one on your hand at all times, you could just like while waiting for your food at a restaurant, do some crystal ball gazing. But I mean, you think about it and, you know, scrying is often done in mirrors, too. So and those are obviously mm. those abound. So you could do one in any mirror. Can you imagine you're in the elevator and just staring at the mirror like, I'm sorry, I'm scrying. Please don't. Technically, then Black Mirror, could you do it with your phone if you just like turn it off for a second? Could you just stare at your own 
dead phone. Oh, I thought we were I thought we were talking about the TV show, you, I, like playing on your phone. You're talking like the actual true black mirror, your phone. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you really could. That's so cool because it just needs to be a reflective surface. So, yeah, you'd be able to do that. But I mean, if you think about it, too, like if you have a lot of it is so subjective and like based on your own. So as far as uh, tarot, if you have a deck, yeah, you could probably use it even if you're not like super well trained. Mm. You could probably use it in your own way. So or pendulum or dowsing rod. So, yeah, I guess it is pretty accessible. Wow. As long as you have the main ingredient. So in this case, something reflective. Oh, my gosh. I'm so I'm so excited to learn how to do this. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Obviously, crystal balls may not be as popular as they once were, but many psychics and fortune tellers still use them to tell the future today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Coming up, the popularity of crystal balls kept growing throughout history, and we'll tell you how to actually use one. Oh, finally. Okay, great. (laughs) British history may be rich with impact, but it's also rife with mysteries. In UK Unknown, the new Spotify original from Parcast, we attempt to answer some of the Isle's most elusive questions. Who was Jack the Ripper? Were secret groups controlling the empire? And who or what created Stonehenge? Royalty, literature, aliens, war. UK Unknown takes a closer look at Parkart's most mystifying episodes to separate hoax from history and absolute rubbish from the bloody baffling. Sit back, grab a cuppa, and catch a new episode of UK Unknown every Friday. Listen free only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. balls went from fashion accessories in the Middle Ages back to fortune-telling form during the Renaissance. So now they were being used not only as a beautiful piece of jewelry, but Mm -hmm. also as a very powerful tool. Mm -hmm. Okay. This was helped by the royal astrologer to Queen Elizabeth I. So the royal astrologer to Queen Elizabeth I was really into crystal balls for scrying and believed he was communicating with angels and demons through the crystal ball. And so he would talk to the queen about it, and this helped the crystal ball's popularity kind of revive, and it became popular again. One, that's very cool. But two, this is, I feel like we just keep hearing the same story over and over, that like political leaders are inserting spirituality into their leadership. Like we have Ouija boards being used by politicians. Lincoln was doing seances. I feel like we've spirit photography, spirit photography. And now we've got literally the queen is using a crystal ball. 
Well, guess what? It's going to come up again in a more modern sense, a U.S. political sense. You're going to have another one to add to the list of presidents who've been involved in this. I need to just keep a chart of all world leaders and just start knocking them off of like, which ones use spirituality? And eventually it's going to be all of them. It's like a guess who game, you know, just knock them (laughs) off. Did they do scrying? Yeah. Does this one look like they would secretly be into spirituality? Oh, my God. Yes to all. (laughs) (laughs) Once crystal gazing seemed more legit, the occult used the works of Indian and Arabic writers as a way to legitimize crystal balls as tools for seeing into the future. Hmm. And during the Middle Ages and Renaissance, so from about the 5th to the 17th century, the Romani, a nomadic group, migrated to Europe and they weren't known traditionally to use crystal balls in their work, but since now the people of Europe were really into them, Mm -hmm. they kind of incorporated them to use them into their own work more, and people began seeking out their advice. And that's where you get that kind of connection of like Romani, fortune teller, crystal ball. I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. I never, never knew that. You know, I hadn't either. I knew of the kind of cliche connection there, but I didn't know where it came from and makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I just always knew it was like kind of a stereotype and I had no idea where it came from. Wow. Yep. Well, uh, fun fact, just going to stick this right in here. The church is still very opposed to this whole ordeal. Uh, Okay, get back to me when they're cool with it. How about that? (laughs) I know. I know we're all surprised, but uh, (laughs) just wanted to remind you. Thank you. Then when we get to the Victorian era, which is roughly the mid-1800s to the early 1900s, as you know, um, and as we've talked about, the occult and spiritualism get another big boost in popularity. Mm -hmm. And along with that comes more crystal gazing, along with spirit photography seances, all the good stuff. Uh Aha. I think that's that makes sense to me. I feel like as a historian, you know, (laughs) as everyone's favorite historian, yes, I feel like there's one era of history and time in general that I I feel confident giving my two cents on. And it's usually the the era of spiritualism. So this makes perfect sense to me why the crystal ball would just fit right in and be like all the all the rage. You brought this up earlier, too, of like it probably would be an easy tool if you were trying to fool Mm -hmm. people or take advantage of people. You would be able to say you saw something in it. There's such a history of fraudulent mediums, especially during that time. Yep. Yep. It would not be hard. Right. It was believed that when the sun was at a certain point in the sky, you would look into the crystal ball and see a rising mist. And then step two, you'd get a vision of the future. That hmm, seems fishy to me, but I've never seen a rising mist in our sweet crystal, but also maybe because she's glass. I also also because she's in a suitcase 98% of the time. Fair enough. I also feel like, I'm sure it's not the same thing, but I feel like looking into a crystal ball when the sun is at a certain point in the sky, it sounds a lot like looking into a magnifying glass through the sun and oh. <laughs> burning your eyes out. There's so many ants dying. I, I don't did. understand what this means. <laughs> They're all fortune tellers. <laughs> Actually, that's interesting science, too. Like, should you be using a crystal ball out in the sun or is there a reason why it's always been like an off dark room? Well, I don't know that it meant like to do it into the sun. I think it was just when maybe it did. But what I interpreted it as oh, when the sun hits a certain point, that's the moment that the crystal ball will have a message for you. I don't know that it was like, oh, OK, OK, that makes maybe more sense. You're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was that the sun was reflecting through. I don't, I don't think know. anyone's looking at their ball like this through the sun. Like that's what I'm thinking. You're really holding gonna... it above them and using it as glasses near the sun. It's like burn your retinas, like you said. 
But I do wonder, like, could a crystal ball be, just think of the ants. Do you think if you were crystal ball gazing on a sunny day, are ants in danger? Because the sun's going to hit it at a certain angle. Anyway, we're derailing. I just donate to our new charity. <laughs> Save the ants. In the arms of the <laughs> You know, it's an epidemic and it's not talked about enough. I know. In ant culture, I don't know if you know this, but they probably talk about like big glass orbs just showing up and <laughs> their whole, their whole colony goes away. Oh, well, this leads us indirectly but I'm going to force it in anyway, into how exactly crystal balls work. I know you want to know. Honestly, I do. And that was not forced at all because I am obviously getting off track trying to figure out how this thing goes. So (laughs) perfect, perfect segue. Oh, good. Well, we've mentioned who used crystal balls and when, and we did tell you what scrying was earlier. But so how exactly does it all come together to predict the future? Let me tell you. As I said, you can practice scrying on any reflective surface, but obviously crystal balls are kind of the classic, most common used for divination. Mm -hmm. And those crystal ball users, those early ones called speculari, this is how they would do it. They would stare deeply into the stone and go into a meditative trance. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to get Crystal B out and give her a little stare, stare down. I am doing it while you're saying this. I know nothing's going to happen because I'm not in the right mind for it. But I will be doing this after we record. Excellent. I do want to know how this goes. Yeah. So you stare into it deeply. You go into a meditative trance. And, you know, this actually, sorry, I know I'm interrupting your trance. But, you know, this this reminds me of other forms of divination, like pendulums, like tarot, just Mm -hmm. even, even Akashic record reading, like what I do, where you really do kind of put yourself into the right mental state and that really helps. And so, yeah, I wonder, you know, if you're in the waiting room and you're going to scry, you probably need to work at being able to put yourself in that place. Yeah. You need to like be able to switch very quickly into different mindsets. Yeah. If you're planning on doing this out in public, I I imagine anyway. Or even at, like, what if you're so good at it, you accidentally slip into trances? Is that That's possible? Unfortunate. Like, what if you're eating ice cream and then you look at the spoon and it, you're like, oh, <laughs> like, you know, I've been trans entranced by ice cream. I think you're you're the only one in danger of this occurring, but let me know what you see in our future if that happens again. I don't know if I'd call it a trance, but I'm certainly much more open-minded to all opportunity and I'm having a <laughs> spiritual experience. So You are you are and you're easily manipulated. Transcending. You're transcendent in that moment, easily manipulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could actually see this being a danger zone for you. So I would be really careful. Well, okay, when I get real good at this, spoons out of the picture. Plastic spoons only. Exactly. So they go into this meditative trance. This is step one. Mm -hmm. This would then help them tap into their subconscious and reveal secrets of the past, present, or future. Hmm. That's really it. That's that's the steps. But again, like that just shows me how, I don't know if sheltered is the right word or how like unaware I was of how accessible these things were. In my mind, every topic we've covered where like anyone could practice it, they all seem like you have to go through all this training and all this practice. And just to find out every single time, like, no, you could have done it all on your own this whole time. I feel like with all this stuff, like, you can easily access it, but then you need to really train yourself to be good at it. So what happens when you stare into a crystal ball? And I I think this part's really interesting because this is what different people say is happening when you are staring in this trance into a crystal ball. So some users say you'll receive actual 
like literal visions of the future or secrets of the universe, or you'll be able to communicate with unseen realms, not to be dramatic or anything, but, you know, like. (laughs) But to be dramatic. As I wave my, flash my cape, not to be dramatic, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to communicate with some unseen realms real quick. Um, So some people believe that like it's a very literal interpretation of you're seeing the future, you're seeing a vision in this surface. And so that's one theory. Another theory is that it makes you more clairvoyant. So sort of, I think what you were saying of you can kind of get yourself into a state, a mental state where you're open to perceiving information. So you could see either something that's happening in a different place. Um, sounds almost like astral projecting to me a little bit. Yeah. Or you can access some other information because you're in a more clairvoyant state. And there are some people who just say it relaxes your mind and maybe you're able to, I don't know if that means you're able to just hear your own subconscious. I feel like that would probably be the camp I fall into first. I think it just being able to relax your mind and be open spiritually does a lot more than we're aware of. Yeah. From the skeptic side, though, I do wonder, like, if you're looking at something long enough, of course, your mind's going to wander. And so I don't I don't totally understand the science of it, but I'm very open to it. And I think that's, again, can be related to so many of these topics. Like with Akashic Record reading, too, there's no like proof that you're doing anything but talking in your own head, you know, yeah. but you just kind of have to either go with it and believe it or be a skeptic and say, yeah, it's just my own brain. And that's, again, another mental hurdle. But yeah. And, you know, have you ever I'm sure you have. Or I don't know, maybe I'm just a weirdo, but have you ever stared at a mirror so long that it like distorts? Well, that's the Troxler effect. That's the Bloody Mary situation. Yeah. What is that called? The Troxler effect. Troxler. You just stare at something long enough that it, things get distorted or blurry or you just Right. Start... And that's that's just an effect of your mind. That's not, you know, a paranormal. It's an optical illusion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I think it's because your brain starts filling in missing information. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That, you know, always kind of throws me off a little bit about this kind of thing, especially if you are scrying in a mirror. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine if you're trying to scry and see the future and then Bloody Mary shows up and you're like, (laughs) oh, my God, girl, I didn't ask for you to be here. Wrong game. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I wonder that, too. You know, I'm sure that would have some sort of hallucinogenic-like effect. Yeah. If you were staring into a mirror for long enough or a crystal ball, for that matter. But if you do want to use a crystal ball effectively, I think we maybe spoke too soon with our have it on your ring idea because you're supposed to use a ball that's at least the size of an orange or a grapefruit. Oh, okay. So I think Crystal B definitely fits the bill here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would say she's hefty enough. She's certainly the size of at least a pomelo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Am I wrong? She's at least the size of my big old head, so. I think, oh, but yep, I think that checks the box. So I think you're good to use crystal. I think so, too. Your crystal ball should be highly reflective. I would say she's pretty reflective. She's shiny as can be, so. She's polished. Yeah. You need to sit in a calm, quiet place. Your girlfriend's out of town. You have the place to yourself. You could uh, do some scrying. I beg to differ. There is construction abound all over me. So That's right. They are roofing at your house. So maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe I'll go sit in my car and rock a little and <laughs> then maybe use the crystal ball. And you need to allow your mind and eyes to relax. So mm-hmm. again, just kind of getting into that right mental state. Modern day scryers say crystal balls may or may not give you visions of the future or offer advice. Instead, it might reflect symbols or direct you to make good decisions for the future. So this is more subjective. 
it reminds me of tarot a little bit, like you make of it what you think it is or what the symbol mm-hmm. speaks to you directly. Well, I also wonder, again, I this I kind of said this earlier, but the skeptical side of me, I don't know if it's considered the skeptical side or just like in agreement with what you're saying right now, but I feel like if you take away all distractions and you're just alone with your mind, mm-hmm. some pretty obvious things come up that you usually might be ignoring. Like, I feel like if you're ever alone by yourself, like there have been times where I'm like, I don't know why I'm using this example, but like I've sat in like a hot tub by myself and there's nothing to do, but just sit there and think. And all of a sudden, like I have like these realizations where I'm like, I feel like all I needed was five seconds of silence. <laughs> your brain was banging on. Yeah. Your subconscious was like banging on your brain. Yeah. yeah to say, so let me in. I feel like maybe that's what crystal balls allow you to do. They give you an excuse to like take away all distractions. And then I wonder if yeah. in, a, in a world of social media where like I'm used to blocking my brain from giving totally. me realizations. I wonder if the more distracted we are as humanity as a people i wonder if the second we let ourselves look into a crystal ball for five minutes if we're gonna all like start having these i wonder how powerful people are gonna think they are just because they're taking five minutes to themselves well that's a good point and i think the power of meditation comes into play there too because when you do meditate and you start to actually get pretty okay at it which obviously it's a habit and it's hard to do, but like it is really, really difficult to shut off your mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you do, you're like, what on earth is going on up there? Like it really <laughs> tends to surprise you. Talk about a lawless land. That's all up here. <laughs> the outlaws are all coming to play. <laughs> but I also think you're right that a crystal ball, if you're in a meditative state, it's it's at least something to stare at, to focus on. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than just like focus on a spot at the on the wall and then you can like kind of get distracted. At least a crystal ball is something like clear mm-hmm. that you can just stare at without literally clear. literally clear. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think that's a really good point. And you're right. It's probably not even a skeptical point. It's it's just like kind of diving into how it might work. Yeah. Up next, meet some of the most famous crystal gazers in history, and maybe we'll reflect on our futures while we're at it, eh? Ah, also, I don't reflect. I know, right? Good one. Good one. Wink. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hola. Hello. This call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow. Ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow. Now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier. Thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. Well, with any area of spiritualism, there are some people that made a name for themselves. So the first person I want to tell you about is American Claude Conlon. I don't know if you've heard of this person, but he performed as Alexander, the man who knows. Uh, Okay, I'm M, the person who naps. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm Christine, the person who doesn't really know most of the time. <laughs> and this was between 1915 and 1924. And I only know of this phrase because I've gone gift shopping. And you and I have very different ways of going, or no, not different, but different maybe from the rest of the planet, ways of we get really <laughs> into gift giving and gift shopping. And uh, I have a couple times notated that there are posters, like old timey posters that say Alexander, the man who knows. And that's my brother's name. And I've a couple times thought, you know, that would be kind of a, a fun gift idea if I found like a vintage poster. Especially because he loves to know. He, he That's his favorite thing. He <laughs> loves to know. So that actually works really well for him. It's as his sibling, my least favorite thing, but it is one of his favorite hobbies. You know, he loves his trivia night. He loves fun facts. He loves information. Loves it. Loves the stuff. So I think that could be a cool gift idea. There is a little bit of a problematic part of this, which I'll tell you in a moment. But so Claude Conlon, a.k.a. Alexander, the man who knows, was a stage mentalist who used the crystal ball to magically answer sealed questions from audience members. That was his kind of party trick. I love a good mentalist. I know it's probably all stage illusions, but I can't figure it out. And I'm fascinated every time. I'm assuming in this case, it was probably plants from the audience. Only Alexander would know. Only, only Alexander. And he does. And he does. So here's where it becomes a little problematic. So Claude culturally appropriated sort of recognizable Eastern cultural garments to oh. capitalize on this stereotype that was common in the West of like this mystical other from different parts of the world. So he wore a turban, that kind of thing, and used Ooh. that as, as a sort of like Ooh, I'm this mysterious figure from the quote-unquote East. Whoa. And, you know, obviously we know now <laughs> that is uh, wildly insensitive and inappropriate. Yeah, Alexander, the man who exploits. Let's yes. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good one, Em. Thank you, thank you. Unfortunately, but unsurprisingly, he thrived as this character. Yeah. Then, this is more your speed. There's this woman named Jean Dixon. Have you heard of her? Okay, you're going to probably want to cover her someday because this is pretty interesting. She was a psychic who used her crystal ball to make political predictions during the 20th century. Uh Yeah. For example, in 1956, she correctly predicted Kennedy's assassination. (gasps) Whoa. Which, by the way, seems like a dangerous thing to be doing. Like, I feel like FBI or the CIA would be like, we have a few questions for you. (laughs) That's one of those things where, like you say, I knew after the fact, but like 20 years later. Yeah, you you don't give that out and then say, see, I told you. Yeah, I, I'm shocked that nobody, first of all, nobody who would have tried to save him would have been like, why didn't you help us do that and prevent his death? But then, as the conspiracy goes, like, why wouldn't any of those people try to shut her up, you know? Yep. It's hard to say, but instead of shutting her up, she actually advised Richard Nixon and also Nancy Reagan. And so she became a political advisor of sorts. Oh, my God. What is with this (laughs) town loving their (laughs) spiritualists, but then also poo-pooing on them publicly? I think it's all that swamp gas coming up from (laughs) D.C. swamps. You know, it's like, what is going on? (laughs) Their brains are getting altered. Well, the lizard people are just down there just pulling the strings, don't you know? (laughs) That's probably it. So after Jean Dixon's death, her crystal ball was auctioned off for $12,000. Whoa, that's yep. a lot of cash. A lot of cash. And I wonder, after our death, how much Miss Crystal will be auctioned off for? 
Like, she'll be on clearance, I'm sure. She'll be 40 cents at Marshall's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Crystal, but you know we love you, right? The day we both die, Crystal's going to explode into several shards and, like, Ooh. all the evil energy will finally be at peace. <laughs> or it'll be released upon the world. <laughs> Luckily, we won't be here to have to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of crystal balls in person, if you want to see one, like an actual one, the mm-hmm. Smithsonian Institution owns the largest flawless quartz crystal ball in the world. <gasps> but almost there. But yeah, so it was cut and polished in China during the 1920s, and it weighs 106.75 pounds. Whoa. You know, it might not be as big as you picture. And I think that's because I kind of forget it's not just glass, it's pure quartz. The fact that it has no imperfections makes it mm. really rare. But it is, I don't I don't know if you can see me. It's sort of like that big. Oh my God. Like it's like, oh, how would you describe the size of it to people who can't see you? Yeah, I guess doing it in the video camera is not helpful to anybody. Um, I think they said it was probably, I would say like a foot wide. I don't know. Okay. I mean, like like a globe, like globe size? Like a globe size, maybe. Let me see. It would shock me more if, that crystal ball had to be big to be heavy. I I mean, it's these things are it's dense a good point. suckers. Yeah, it's a good point. So it's ten inches. Oh, so not even not even a foot. Not wow. even a foot. So I was I was overestimating. But yeah, so it's pretty big. But the fact again that it's pure quartz crystal and yeah. has no imperfections and it really is just like fully see through. I mean, it's beautiful. So. Yes, she weighs 106.75, and uh, you can look that up online. There's a photo. Then the University of Pennsylvania's Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology owns the third largest crystal ball in the world, which weighs 49 pounds. And I can only assume we own the second heaviest because that one's not listed. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. (laughs) She certainly feels like a million pounds, so I feel like everyone's actually coming in behind us. But Yeah, every time we pay that overweight luggage fee, I feel like it hurts a little, but, you know. All for this crystal ball to do nothing except look pretty on stage. (laughs) And boy, does she do a good job of it, by the way. She does a great job. (laughs) Many crystal balls are important and valuable because of their associations. I mean, this reminds me of the Sylvia Plath tarot cards, for example, Mm. or the Jean Dixon crystal ball that, you know, they are valuable because of their who they were associated with. Right. So. The crystal ball used by the Wicked Witch of the West in The Wizard of Oz, for example, sold for $126,000 at an auction in 2011. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I wonder I wonder if that one was glass or crystal. I don't or know. green screen. Or not real. <laughs> Can you imagine you bid $126,000 and they're like, oh, it was CGI. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and the official scepter of Scotland includes a crystal ball. And this crystal ball is believed to have been owned by ancient druids, you know, the ones who are in the woods doing all their cool stuff. Fashion alert! Fashion Fashion. alert! (laughs) In a scepter? Are you kidding me? How badass is that? Can you imagine, first of all, getting to carry a scepter for your job, but also a druid-owned crystal ball sits on top of it? How much money do you think that thing costs? That is probably priceless, but I'm not sure. So, do you feel like you'll uh, try crystal? Crystal B? Within seconds of hanging up with you, yeah. You are. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I'm very excited. I still wonder how much of it is legit, but I do think that it's mainly mind over matter, which I feel like that's how I end a lot of these. I think intentions and like your mindset are just like big parts to all of these elements we're talking about. So. I 100% agree. Yeah. I do wonder if it's maybe just a great way to meditate. And if that's all that happens, then at least like, 
you're still getting some clarity on maybe things you needed to let yourself sit down and think on? Honestly, it might be just a really good tool. And I'm not trying to knock it. I'm just saying I'm agreeing like maybe it's just a really good tool to help get into that kind of third eye space. And uh, maybe I should get my own crystal bee over here and practice. Oh, next time we see each other, I'll just transfer her to you. You can take care of her until we go on stage. And then you can deal with her with the TSA. No, (laughs) if I'm ready for that kind of commitment. Uh Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's really happy with you, it seems. We're having a blast over here. We're about to have a whole day together after this. So How fun. Well, I feel like we've learned a lot about crystal balls, something that I didn't really know much about at all before this show. I learned 100% more information than I knew (laughs) earlier today. Uh, I also feel like that's the general takeaway of most of our episodes somehow. We've learned 100% of what we've just learned. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Information on today's episode came from Vice and Learn Religions. Remember to follow Rituals on Spotify to get a brand new episode every week. And you can listen to this and all other episodes of Rituals for free exclusively on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. You can find me at VM Schultz. And you can find me at Xteen Schieffer. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week. Rituals is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound designed by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Research by Chelsea Wood. Fact-checking by Cara Mackerlein. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo and Jonathan Ratliff with production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We are your hosts, Christine Schiefer and M. Schultz. The Loch Ness Monster. Jack the Ripper, Shakespeare's Lost Play. The British Isles have long been the source for infamous crimes and baffling events. In UK Unknown, we cross the pond in search of answers, investigating the UK's most inexplicable mysteries. Follow UK Unknown free and only on Spotify. Catch a new episode every Friday. Hi, listeners, it's Vanessa. Exciting news, ParCast's first book, Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Join Them, is now available for pre-order at parcast.com cults. Thanks to your support, we've compiled years of research, insights, and a catalog of case studies to expose more about these cults and the people behind them than ever before. Details which haven't even been explored in our Cults podcast. Visit parcast.com slash cults to pre-order your copy of Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them.